things going on. But uh, tonight, some of the brothers, uh, some of the brothers are actually ministering over at Adams uh, Church in Greenville. And so Ken is going to be bringing the word tonight in Greenville, Texas. I mean, let's give the Lord some praise for that tonight. And, uh, and then some of those guys are giving their testimonies, Preston and, and then Frank will be giving testimony tonight and uh, just lifting up the name of Jesus in Greenville, Texas. Amen. And so, of course, Corey and his wife are doing what they do in Quinlan, Texas, uh, and it's really a pretty awesome to watch what God's doing there. And uh, so that's just the beginning. Amen. And... Um, and of course, it's awesome to see some of the things that's happening in, in Pakistan, amen, with the pastors there. And uh, we are, we're going to have another prayer meeting service this Sunday with them. Uh, and then, God willing, we're, the following Sunday, we're shooting for a crusade, which is where they're going to basically begin to promote, evangelize, and prepare to gather together anywhere from 800 to 1,000 people. And uh, within that, they'll have uh, their time of prayer and worship. And then uh, we'll, I'll bring a word, a message over there live in Pakistan for that crusade. Amen. So y'all be praying for that. And we, we may be taking up a special offering for that as well because everything that they do there is provided free for the people all the transportation to get the people to the to the place and when you have that large of a group you're either going to have to go open air or you're going to have to have a, a, a building in order to hold 800 to a thousand people amen and so um they're doing a great work over there i'm excited about it and they're allowing us to be a part amen and um so anyways there's some great things going on one thing i want to share with you before i get into my message real quick is um, that next week, somebody say next week. Next week, we're going to begin to kick off, uh, in fact, yes, all of our different classes and so forth. We'll start Get Connected again next week. Amen. We'll start our rotation on our helps ministries. Uh, Thursday nights and we'll have a schedule for that and and we'll try to begin to uh, place those things uh, get those to you so you know whenever you're needed amen and uh, so anyways kind of getting back into a routine as far as um, as far as that goes amen praise the Lord everybody okay tonight some of y'all look like you're baptized in lemon juice amen well praise God you're going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost before we're out of here so, uh, amen. Let's look at the Word of God tonight in Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. Praise God. I look at some of you and I get, dis I get discouraged, man. It's like, my God, did God leave us or what? Praise the Lord. That's why it's so important for you to enter in during that time of praise and worship. Amen. 
because we all go through things we all deal with stuff we all have challenges in life and we've got to learn how to enter in so that we can begin to get liberated from that so it doesn't control us so it doesn't consume us and amen so we can go forward so if you're not entering in during praise and worship you're missing out on what God's trying to provide in your life amen and so my question to you is either it's because you don't know or it's because you want to stay in that condition are you with me and I don't you know so just something to, something to look at amen but I had spoke Sunday uh, about the power of influence and um, I had I told you I was possibly going to start a series talking about influence and God continued to put it on my heart in regards to that and so I want to continue going that direction tonight but let's look at the Word of God real quick in Acts chapter 28 starting in verse 1 if you have it say amen if you don't you can follow on the board and the Word of the Lord reads when they had been brought safely through then we found out that the island was called Malta the natives showed us extraordinary kindness for because of the rain that had set in and because of the cold they kindled a fire and received us all but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire a viper came out because of the heat and fastened itself on his hand and when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand this man excuse me they began saying to one another this man undoubtedly this man is a murderer and though he has been saved from the sea justice has not allowed him to live however somebody say however however he shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm but they were expecting that he was about to swell up or suddenly fall down dead but after they had waited a long time and had seen nothing unusual happen to him they changed their minds and began to say that he was God now in the neighborhood of that place where lands belonging to the leading man of the islands named Publius who welcomed us and entertained us courteously three days and it happened that the father of Publius was lying in bed afflicted with recurrent fever and dysentery and Paul went in to see him and after he prayed he laid his hands on him and healed him and after this had happened the rest of the people on the island who had diseases were coming to him and getting cured they also honored us with many marks of respect and when we were setting sail they supplied us with all we need 
Let's pray, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for Paul, a man of God, that answered your call. A man of God that was used for your glory. Father, we're just asking that your Holy Spirit come and take over this time tonight as we look at your word. Anoint me to preach your word tonight, God. Forgive me for all of my sins. Remove all distractions tonight, God. We're calling upon you, Jesus. We need a word, God. A fresh word, a rhema word, a right now word, God. As I decrease and you increase in this place, Lord Jesus, come, my King, and speak to us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so as I move into this series, and I don't know if this will be a two-part series or three-part series. I'm working on the third sermon now. But tonight we're going to look at this part two of the power of influence. And I want to focus in more directly on becoming a person of influence. Becoming a person of influence. And I shared with you Sunday and I shared many different things concerning that. And we begin to look at Paul, amen, in, in, in the life of Paul. And I begin to share with you how, amen, it's, control is when you're with somebody and influence is how they are when you're not with them. And we begin to see Paul as he began to influence many people in Galatia. Amen. There in the first chapter of the book of Galatians. And he was influencing these people in a positive way to serve Jesus and to worship God. And these are people that hadn't even ever met or seen Paul for that matter. In other words, just by the testimony of his life, of who he had been and what he had done. And them hearing this and knowing that this man was now serving the Lord. It was now preaching the gospel. That alone influenced the people to where they wanted to praise Jesus. In other words, the impact and influence that Paul had on people that didn't even know him. His life was creating people. To begin, amen, to praise Jesus. We've got a lot to grow about around here. Praise the Lord. We've got some work to do to influence you. But God is good, amen. And so here we are, Paul was, the Bible was saying that Paul was creating them, he was influencing these people and he was influencing them in the proper way. And I want to talk to you again tonight about Paul, amen, and I want us to look at another example of Paul as being a person of influence, amen, and, and, and as we look here in 
the book of uh, Acts in chapter 27 and 28, and of course 28 is uh, our key verses tonight, and what we begin to see is that the Apostle Paul, at this point in the scripture, was on his way to Rome to stand trial before Caesar. And in chapter 27, what we begin to learn is how Paul, amen, and over 200 other passengers began to encounter this terrible storm when they were at sea. And although the ship was completely torn apart, amen, we begin to realize that even in the midst of that storm and in the midst of that ship being torn all the way apart, that the Every single person on that ship, all 200 people on that ship made it safely back to the land. Are y'all with me today? And the place that they ended up, amen, when that storm came, amen, and tore apart that ship, amen, the, the place that they ended up was on an island. And this island was known as Malta. And, and one thing that we begin to realize as we begin to look and, and, and as we begin to see even in, in, in the island of Malta, one of the northern inlets of this island was called St. Paul's Bay. In other words, Paul had enough in, in, in influence and impact on the people on this island where he was ended up shipwrecked that they ended up naming a portion of the island after him. Now that's a man of impact. Here he is. He's beginning to impact the church of Galatia. To worship and serve Jesus. Just by the testimony. Amen. Of who he was. And what God is doing in him now. Did you know that just by people that know who you used to be. And then they hear about the testimony of what you're doing now. It will create them to begin to worship God. If you only knew what kind of impact you could have. God is good, amen. And then we look at it in regards to Paul even when he was in prison. And they, you know, he was, they were having to change the guards in prison every hour because, amen, he kept having such an impact that even all of the guards within the prison were getting saved and accepting Jesus into their heart. And then once again, we begin to see here, amen, and, and as we look at the book of Acts, and, and we begin to see Paul as he is shipwrecked, amen. And not only did he make a great impact while he was on that ship, but he began to make a great impact on that island where he was shipwrecked for three months, the Bible says, to where they named a portion of the island after him. Somebody say, God is good. Are y'all with me today? And, and I want you to realize this because although Paul had never met these people on this island previously to him ended up there shipwrecked, in only three months, Paul became quite an influence on these island people. And this is clear from the text, amen, but it's also clear because of history, and even as a result, supposedly, that Christianity abounded on this island 
even a number of centuries after Paul's visit. And, and one thing we come begin to realize is that there are people of influence in government. There's people of influence in politics, in business, in sports, and even entertainment. But when we're talking about a Christian, amen, Christian influence should be towards people, amen, bringing people towards Jesus Christ. You know, I had asked you all a question on Sunday. Does your life draw people to Jesus Christ? Who's come to Christ because of you? Are y'all with me today? And see, as we look at Paul, Paul did what you and I should be doing. See, this is God's plan for our lives. Wherever we are and whatever we do, we ought to be influencing people to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we influence people, like I said, whether we know it or not. But the question is, is, is it for Jesus? Are y'all with me? You know, think back for just a minute. And, and I, I want you to think about maybe somebody that might have influenced you in your life. To begin to serve Jesus. Somebody that might have influenced you, amen, to begin to go to church. Somebody that might have influenced you, amen, to begin to read your Bible. Somebody that might have influenced you, amen, to begin to consider serving, amen, the Lord. Are y'all with me? And the, the one thing I want to share with you is, and just like somebody influenced you, you can do the same and influence somebody else. And so you might ask, well, how can I become a person of influence for Jesus? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit tonight. And I want to begin to look at this scripture that we begin to open up in so that you can begin to see some things that we can learn from the Apostle Paul. There's some things that we can begin to See in this scripture, in this text, that allowed, amen, Paul to be influential and make the impact that he made. And as I go to my first point real quick, amen, if you'll put it up there. The first way that we can begin, amen, to be people of influence is by possessing a servant's heart. Look with me real quick in verse 1, amen, through 3. By possessing a servant's heart, he said, when they had been brought safely through, the, then we found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us extraordinary kindness, for because of the rain that had set in and because of the cold, they kindled a fire and received us all. Look at verse 3. Look at this. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire. Now, now the Bible says this. It says in verse 2 that these island people were very kind and gracious to Paul and to others. But in verse 3, what we begin to see right here 
is that Paul was gathering a bundle of sticks for the fire. And I want you to realize this, though Paul had become a very prominent on that ship. Hello. Even though he, he had become somebody that they were looking up to, amen, that they considered special on that time in that ship, he still was humble enough to do the lowly task of gathering sticks. And some way, one way that we can begin to really influence people, amen, for the, for the gospel, influence people in a positive way is by becoming and possessing a servant's heart. When they begin to see us serving, amen, when they begin to see us walking in a way humble enough, amen, to even gather up sticks to put them on a fire, amen. How many of y'all know that will influence people, amen, to want to do some things, when we begin to show that we can serve, that we have a servant's heart. Are y'all with me today? See, he didn't walk around saying, I'm too good to do anything. Serve me. No, he said, let me gather some sticks and put it on the fire. So possessing a servant's heart will influence the people around you. See, I'm talking about influence here. Are y'all with me today? See, Paul, he didn't expect the people of Malta to do it. And he didn't, or some prisoner, amen. Because there was prisoners on this ship. He didn't expect them to do it, but what he did is he possessed the servant's heart himself. In other words, he got in there and got his hands dirty. And when he got in there and got his hands dirty, and he showed them, amen, how it can be done with a good attitude, amen, with, with diligence, and serve... It influences and impacts the people, amen, to want to begin to do it. How many of y'all know whenever somebody sees you getting out there and doing it, it makes them be more willing and desire to do it? When they see you willing to get out there, amen, as a leader and go and hit the streets and fundraise, how many of y'all know it's going to motivate them to want to get up and get out out there and fundraise? How many of y'all know if they see you as a leader getting up and going and hitting the streets, reaching souls, it's going to make them want to get up and go and reach souls? See, there's something about it, amen, when you begin to serve, amen, it will begin to draw the people and motivate them and influence them in a way to where they will want to serve. See, I'm trying to help somebody out right here. See, sometimes we struggle so much trying to influence the people and motivate them to want to do what is needed. Where if, they, if we would display it, it would light a fire up underneath them. Are y'all with me today? So Paul possessed a servant's heart. He didn't think he was too good. None of us are too good to do anything. Now that doesn't mean that 
Amen. It doesn't mean that God hasn't given you another responsibility. Does that make sense? And you've raised up other people to help do that. I don't feel like I'm too good to do anything in this whole ministry, including clean the toilets. But I also know this with the responsibility that I have, amen, and some of the things that I have to do in my life, if there's somebody else that can help do that, it frees me up to do something else. You know, that was what we were looking at in the book of Acts whenever they had that great revival, amen, and, and, and the impact happened and all of a sudden the numbers were increasing and then they begin to set aside these, uh, these, these eight spirit-filled people, amen, in order to help with the widows and in order to help, amen, basically the deacons were being raised up right there. And the reason was, was so, that the, so that the elders could focus on what? Prayer and the word. But that doesn't mean that the elders were too good to take to wait tables or to serve the, the or to serve the widows. And I'm going to tell you, you can get people, amen, influenced to do stuff a whole lot more if you're willing to do it, and they see you willing to do it. If they see you willing to make sure the dishes are washed properly, if that's what need be. If they see you willing to sweep the floor. If they see you willing to hit the streets. If they see you willing to pray for the people. If they see you willing, amen, to try to fix something or serve something or serve your, whatever it is. See, I'm trying to help somebody out here. And I know that's such a... Small part of that verse right there, but it's something, amen, that was pretty powerful. He didn't expect the prisoners on the ship to do it. He didn't think he was too good to do it. And he had, he, you know, he was somebody on that ship. So the principle, this principle right here, it contradicts the thinking of many people. Some people believe that you must flex your own muscles or toot your own horn or to build yourself up in the eyes of others if you are to possess great influence. But I'm here to tell you today, that's not the key. Flexing your muscles and tooting your horn and building yourself up is not the way to influence people. Are y'all following me today? And this is not the way that Jesus, amen, had exercised his, in his way when he influenced more people over this earth than any other man that ever lived. Are y'all with me today? You know, I'm going to read to you real quick a scripture out of Matthew chapter 20 in verse 26 real quick. He says, it is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. And just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for others. You want to know what a leader is? It's a servant. You're a servant of the Lord. Are y'all with me today? 
My second point, if you'll put it up there on the board, please. Trials often increase our influence. Trials often increase our influence. Look at, look at chapter, verse 3 real quick. The second part. It says, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened itself on his hand. Are y'all with me today? So while Paul is performing a good deed, a tragic accident occurs. Are y'all with me today? Or incident, should I say. How many of y'all know sometimes even when you're doing a good deed, amen, you still can get attacked and go through a trial? So here we look in a venomous snake, which must have been in this bundle of wood. It attacks Paul and it strikes him on the hand. Now let's look at verse 4. And when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they began saying to one another, undoubtedly, this man is a murderer. And though he has been saved from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. Look at verse 5. However, he shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm. So what I want you to look at right here, as we look in verse 5, there's no record that Paul had become distraught or distressed, amen, from this situation. But he simply flings the beast into the fire. Here he is doing a good deed. Here he is, amen, getting the bundle of sticks to put on the fire so they can stay warm. And he gets bit by a snake. And he doesn't, he doesn't throw a fit. He doesn't manifest. Amen. He doesn't say, oh, man, I'm, here I am serving God. Amen. Here I am serving the people. And look what happens. And that's how some of us act. I'm out here doing all this, and look how I'm treated. No, he just shakes that, that serpent off. He just shakes that devil off. Somebody just shake it off. See, sometimes when you're serving God and you're doing all the right things, you're still going to begin to come under some attacks. Come on, somebody. You're still going to go through some trials. You're still going to deal with some things in your life. But you've got to learn to just shake it off. You don't manifest, you don't pounce, you don't whine, you don't cuss everything. Amen. You definitely don't cuss God, but you just shake it off. And Paul shook it off, and he flinged that sucker right into the fire. Come on, somebody. So here we are. Paul was doing a good deed, and he was attacked by and bitten by this poisonous snake. And a lot of times Christians have a difficult time understanding why they encounter affliction while trying to do good. But I'm here to tell you this, this, I mean, this is life. And this is the earth we live on that is under a curse of sin. Are y'all with me? But as was the case here, trials coupled with a, our godly response. See, it's, it's about how you respond. Trials with a godly response 
often will increase our influence for Jesus Christ. When people begin to see you go through trials and they still begin to see you keep your composure, it's going to draw people to the Lord. When people see you go through the fire, when they see you go through persecution, when they see you go through, amen, adversity, when they see you go through what life brings you and they see it, amen, when they see you go through attack, when they see you go through these things, which life, it will, it'll happen in life. And when they see it, and they see you keep your composure, it's going to begin to influence people to serve and trust and believe in God. Ooh, my Lord. Somebody's coming close to God just because of what you're going through. People are beginning to believe and trust God because of what you're going through. Because they're seeing how you're handling it. And they're saying, my God, the only way he can do that is through God, helping him through God's grace. Amen. And it drives them to draw near to God. I believe that a lot of the trials that I've gone through and a lot of the things I've gone through in life at the end of the day has brought people. They say, man, if that guy can go through that, then I know God is real. But it's your response. How's your response? Because what happens is if we can, the devil can get us to where we begin to, you know, act out of our character, then he can begin to say, see, I told you they weren't really Christians. Or see, I told you they didn't really, you know, that God didn't have nothing for them. You all see that? The devil always tries to get you out of your character so he can begin to, you know, accuse you and stuff. But if you can just learn to shake it off and keep on going, people are going to, you're going to influence people to go to Jesus. God is good, amen? See, when Paul didn't die from this deadly snake bite, the people realized that there was something special about Paul. And what happened at this point in time was an open door to influence these people for Jesus began to become present. At this point in time, they're like, my Lord, there's something about this. He automatically had their attention. He automatically had the ability to share the gospel right there and then be willing to receive it. Are y'all with me today? God is so good, isn't he? And so Paul went from being a prisoner or a nobody to being the most notable man on the island. And it was all because of his trial. And now he had a platform to speak, amen, for Christ. And how often, amen, God can use our afflictions to enlarge our work for him. I guarantee you every one of my afflictions has helped enlarge my work for God. 
Every single one of the heavy attacks, every single one of the persecutions, every single one of these things, amen, has been used Are y'all with me today? And it opened up these doors that otherwise would have been closed. Are y'all with me? My next point, if you'll put it up there. My next point is... And how you influence is to remain the same regardless of public opinion. Regardless of what people say about you. You still remain the same. This is how you influence. Look at verse 4 real quick. He says, and though he had been saved from the sea, justice had not allowed him has not allowed him to live. So in other words, in verse 4, the people of Malta curse Paul as a murderer. But go to verse 5. However, he shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm. So here we are in verse 5. Amen. They changed their minds and proclaimed him to be a god. Go to the next verse. But they were expecting that he was about to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had waited a long time and had seen nothing unusual happen to him, go to verse 7. They changed their minds and began to say that he was a god. So look at that. Within a matter of minutes, they go from saying, this guy is a murderer, this guy is, amen, a criminal, and that's why he got bit by this snake, and that's why he is going to die. In other words, this guy's going through this trial because obviously he's in sin, or, or he's not doing right, or, or there's some areas in his ministry that aren't right, amen, or in his life. And that's why all this bad stuff's happening to him. That's why he's coming under attack. That's what they said first. But very quickly, within minutes, amen, from the time that he got bit, amen, to the time, amen, that he, they saw that he wasn't going to die, amen, they went from saying, this guy is, must be doing something wrong, to they say, this guy must be a god. Or how about this? This guy must have God with him. <laughs> see, sometimes some of the fire that you go through, amen, when they see you still come out alive, oh, my God. They say, yeah, God's got to be with him. There's no way he could go through that and keep his composure and still keep standing and still keep serving and still keep trucking and still keep believing if God wasn't with him. So sometimes when the trial comes, they're going to say, hey, he must be doing wrong. But when they see you stand and they see you keep your composure and they see you keep on moving, very quickly, they're gonna, God's going to turn it around. <laughs> and not only that, they went from saying he was a murderer and he was going to die to saying he's a God. 
Think about what kind of influence he had then. They're bowing down to him now and everything else. And <laughs> I mean, they didn't think, you know, he must be a God. There's no way he could live through that. God is so good, amen. But my next point is that you got to remain the same regardless of the public opinion. He remained the same regardless of the fact that they said he was a murderer and he was going to die because of it. Are you all with me? And he stayed the same even though they said he was a god. There's two different things there. So, so when the people saw that Paul was unchanged through it all and that he didn't become irate when they labeled him a murderer... And he didn't exploit the situation when they believed him to be a god. Because he could have taken advantage of that right there. He could have manifested, amen, and got irate when they said he was a murderer. And he could have exploited them and used it for his benefit whenever they said he was a god. But he stayed the same. Are y'all grabbing that? You know, a lot of times public, public opinion about you can be real fickle. <laughs> I want to give you an example. Y'all know Jesus? One day they were chanting to Jesus, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel. And before the week was over, they were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. The same people. Public opinion can be real weird and real fickle. You don't change because of public opinion. You don't change because of what people think about you. You don't change because of what people say about you. You don't change because of people's perception of you. You just keep walking the way you walk. You just keep serving your God. You just keep going forward. You just keep trusting him. It doesn't matter what they say. Whether they say you're the devil or whether they say you're God yourself, you don't change. And I've been called both. It didn't blow my head up and, oh, let me take advantage of them now. I got them right where I want them. No, forget that. Paul could have done that. Oh, yeah, I got them now. And, you know, and some of us, you know, they were, the, you know, we'd be like, I'll, I'll get them back now. They call me a murderer and everything else. I show them. You know, now they're scared of them. Sucker didn't die. But one thing you got to realize is that a wise Christian doesn't base his life or his decisions on public opinion. But, they, they, but it's rather, it's, <laughs> you don't live your life and you don't base your decisions on public opinion, amen, but you base it on God's word. God's word. Who God's word says you are. What God's word says to do. That's it. And you won't be like a roller coaster, man. Up and down and up and down and up and down. Because you're all wanting to please God. It's all about motivating to be, please God. You know, I talked about being a people pleaser. They quit being a people pleaser. Just please God. Just please God. Please God. Don't worry about being a people pleaser. You're going to be riding a roller coaster if you're a people pleaser. But you got to just please God. 
and you won't change. You keep going. You keep trucking. You keep doing what you do. That's it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know who your God is. You just keep going, and you know that who you are in Christ, and you know how, you know, because you're walking in integrity, because you're walking in obedience, because you're walking in the anointing, and you just keep going, man, and they're like, what happened? This guy hasn't died yet. This guy hasn't quit ministry yet. This guy hasn't quit preaching yet. He hasn't shut down his ministry. No. I sure haven't. My identity is not in my ministry. My identity is not in my position. My identity is not in my title. My identity is in Christ. You can take it all from me and I'll still serve Jesus. I'll still serve him. Man, I'm not going to quit serving God because what? This is, it belongs to him. He's the one that appointed me as a, in, in, a, in a position of authority, amen, delegated by him. And not me, if, if he wants to take it, oh, it's okay, so what? I'm still going to serve God. What, I'm just going to shut down and go crawl up in a hole? No. I serve God because I love him and because he's God. Not for any other reason. Not for a title, not for a position, not for a paycheck, not for anything, not for public, uh, amen, uh, notice, Nothing. Whether they're talking good about me or talking bad about me, I'm still serving. And I'm steady. I don't serve harder because they, they, now they're saying good things about me. Also, now I'm going to give it my all. They're saying good things now. I better live up to it. No, I'm still giving it my all because that's what I do. Because that's who I am. I don't know who this is speaking to tonight, but it's speaking to somebody. You know, and as you live your life for Christ, some people admire you and attempt to exalt you too high. They exalted him as a God. But I want to share this with you today. Don't believe it. Somebody say, don't believe it. The Bible says, don't think of yourself more highly than you should. You're just a bondservant of Christ. Called by God, saved by the mercy and grace of God, anointed by God, that's it. Without him, you're nothing. You know, as we look here, there, I want you to realize this. There will be others who will judge and criticize you. There's some that will exalt you too high, and there's some that will judge and criticize you. But don't allow that to deter you. Just be consistent. Somebody say be consistent. And while not everyone will love you, most people will respect you. They may not love you, but they'll respect you. Are you with me? God is good, amen? But Christians who try to mold their lives to fit whatever crowd they're in will never become people of influence. 
People may like you. Listen to this. People may like you. Amen. But deep down, they won't respect you. Do you want people to like you and not respect you? Or do you want people to respect you and maybe they just don't like you too much? God is good, amen? Don't try to mold your life to fit whatever the crowd wants. The next point, will you put it up there, please? Use your God-given gifts to touch the lives of others. Look at verse 7 real quick. Can you put it up there? Use your God-given gifts to touch others. He says, now in the neighborhood of that place where lands belonging to the leading man of this island named Publius, who welcomed us and entertained us courteously three days. And it happened that the father of Publius was lying in bed afflicted with recurrent fever and dysentery. And Paul went in to see him, and after he had prayed, he laid his hands on him and healed him. Keep going. And after this happened, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases were coming to him and getting cured. They also honored us with many marks of respect. And when we were setting sail, they supplied us with all we needed. Now... One thing as we look here in verse 8 and 9, Paul was invited to stay with Publius. And I want to share with you this guy. This guy was actually the governor of the island. So the governor of the island invited Paul to come and stay with him. Are you all with me today? And instead of using these, uh, instead of using these uh, luxuries as a time to kick back and relax... You know, he's at the governor's house. He's living high on the hog. He's on an island, amen, and he's there, and all of a sudden now he's, he's, he's like a god to these people, and you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and here he is, now he's in the governor's house, and instead of, and, and what the Bible says for three months, and instead of him using this time just to kick back and relax, amen, Paul uses it as an opportunity to serve the Lord. See, you've got to use your gifts, amen, for the glory of Jesus Christ. You've got to use, amen, what God's given you in order, amen, to further the kingdom. You've got to use it, amen. You've got to use this time in order to make an impact. You've got to use it, your opportunities with people. Are y'all with me today? And so as, apostle, as, 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 the, as an apostle in, the, in Acts time, Paul possessed the sign of gift, the gift of healing, and so instead of taking like a three-month vacation on this island, Paul was ever ready to use his gifts to minister to others. Amen. And I want you to know is every single believer has a spiritual gift from God. Are y'all with me? And we have a choice what we're going to do with that gift. We can either bury the gift by not using it or we can seek to bless others and use the gift. 
Are y'all with me? Paul chose to use it. So I want you to realize this as I'm getting ready to close. A person that will influence others for Christ doesn't allow God-given opportunities to lie dormant. But they use those gifts to touch the lives of others. They don't use their gifts to build themselves up, but they use them to bless others. And so we ask ourselves, well, what if Paul would have sat around and allowed these people to die one by one knowing that he could help them? Are y'all with me? And I know what you'd say. you say, man, that's terrible. That's a terrible thing. Yes, it is. But what about you? What are you doing with what God gave you? You know, what if you have the gift of teaching? Or what if you have the gift of administration? The worship team can come. Or what if you have the gift of exhorting, but you don't use it? Amen? And so as we look here, it's obvious that Paul's influence was great. I'm going to go back to verse 10. Amen? They, verse 9. Go back to 9 real quick. After this had happened, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases were coming to him and getting cured. So here we are. Amen. Paul begins to use his gift of healing and he heals the governor's father. The people hear about it. And now the whole island is getting healed. So it's obvious that Paul's influence was great. Go to the next verse. Look what it says. It says, they also honored us with many marks of respect. And when we were setting sail, they supplied us with all we needed. So if you notice the send-off of these people on this island, these people gave Paul and his company everything that he needed. He had some impact on that island. He had some influence on that island. First, he started off because he was serving. Amen. He was, he was you know, he had impacted the people on that boat. You know he did. 200 people that made it to shore in this boat's wrecking and Paul impacted them. He was somebody prominent on that boat. He was somebody special, but he wasn't too good to grab the sticks and put them on the fire. He served with a servant's heart. And then he went through a trial when he got bit by the snake. He just shook that off. He just shook that amen off, threw it into the fire. Hello, somebody. Amen. Then he lived... And then, they, can, and then they, they talk bad about him when he got bit. And then they begin to call him a God when he lives. And then they call him a God when he lives. Still continue to go consistently forward. Praise the Lord.
And then he gets called into the governor's house, sees an opportunity to use his healing touch on the governor's father. All the people heard about it. They start coming, they get healed. And the people were so blessed and so influenced that they just gave him everything he needed. The Bible says they, they also honored us with many marks of respect. That's the kind of influence he had. Many marks of respect. We've got to become people of influence, amen. We've got to become people of influence. It may be through your trial. It may be through your service. It may be through you using your gifts. It may be through you Are y'all with me today? Stand to your feet.